Dev rocked back on his heels and eyed her. Why are you telling me this? Because you're hot didn't seem like a particularly good answer, even if it was true. Because I can't stand you looking at me like I'm some kind of mouth-breathing imbecile, especially when I really want to see you naked, was also a bad choice. Cass was running out of options here. Her hands clenched into fists in her frustration. Hell if I know. Cass turned on her heel and stalked out, intending to get Scott to help her load the bike back into his truck. She felt very tired all of a sudden. She'd have to find a new mechanic, and she wasn't going to have the Superhawk fixed in time for the next race, which put her deeper in debt to Rex. This day was turning into a suck-fest of epic proportions. And it still wasn't as bad as the night in the coffee shop. At least nobody had died today. Yet. Hang on a sec. Dev caught her hand in his and pulled her gently back into the garage bay. When she resisted, yanking her hand out of his, he held his up in a gesture of apology. Look, I'm sorry I misjudged, okay? Rex is bad news, and so are the people he gets involved with. As an apology, it wasn't much, but Cass nodded, considering it was the best she was likely to get. Tell me something I don't already know, she huffed. She jerked her head at her bike. Give me a few minutes and I'll be out of your way. I'll do it. Excuse me, what now? She clearly must have a hearing problem. Great, how much would those disappearing hearing aids cost? There was no way that sexy mechanic man just re-offered to fix her baby, not after all the drama of the last few minutes. I'll rebuild your bike. He grinned at her confusion. He had a very nice grin. It was the kind of grin she could feel in between her legs, Cass didn't know whether to be happy or embarrassed. Are you serious? Was he just jerking her around? You made it pretty clear how you feel about anything having to do with Rex. She couldn't help the suspicion that crept into her voice. Things that seemed too good to be true usually were. He shook his head. Hey, I still think he's an asshole, don't get me wrong, but I'll fix your bike as an apology for jumping to conclusions. You can pay me in installments when I'm done. I've got the money, she said, thinking of the cash in the backpack underneath her bed. She wasn't a charity case. She didn't expect a free rebuild, especially when nothing was ever free. He stuck out his hand. Deal, then? Cass eyed it for a moment and then took it. Deal. She sighed. One less thing to worry about. Dev's expression turned serious. Pulling a pen from his back pocket, he rummaged around for a sheet of paper. He wound up finding a matchbook in the second drawer of the toolbox. Ripping the matches out of it, he scribbled on the inside of it and handed it to her. This is my cell. I'll call to give you updates on the rebuild, but if you want to check on it, just use that number. He folded the matchbook closed and pressed it into her palm, closing her fingers over it. Cass swallowed, caught up in his nearness, unable to do more than clutch at the matchbook spasmodically. 
His body was close to hers, so close she could feel the heat of him, smell the scent of him. Her fingers clenched convulsively, crushing the matchbook in her hand. His face was close to hers, his eyes searching her face. All she wanted to do was lean forward to close the distance between them and press her lips to his, to slide her tongue into his mouth and wrap her arms and legs around him and feel the strength and warmth of him all over. His gaze lowered to her mouth. Cass licked her lips, watching him from beneath her lashes, anticipating his kiss. Dev's hand slid around her neck, gripping the hair at the nape of her neck in a loose hold. She thought briefly of Scott, sitting in his truck and probably watching them, and then decided she didn't care.